Hi everyone, I am Esther Afu Adajo and I'll be discussing on the place of Nigeria in the growing popularity of arbitration. I'll be dividing this topic into three segments. First, I'll be discussing on why arbitration is becoming so popular, why nations are, or what nations are doing towards becoming leading arbitration jurisdictions, and three, is Nigeria playing the catch or we are being left out? First, what's arbitration? Arbitration is a method of dispute resolution that provides a final and binding outcome involving a third party, a neutral third party, or third parties that are appointed by the parties to the dispute. Arbitration has become very popular as a result of its unique features and due to, due to the growth of to globalization, or due to the growth of due to globalization of trade, commerce, investments, most there's need to there's need for an alternative method of setting dispute outside the court system, that is litigation. And one thing parties like parties like to have control over their disputes generally. So in respect to the appointment of arbitrators, parties prefer experts in to handle certain technical issues. For instance, maritime construction issues. Parties prefer, parties prefer to have experts to handle these issues, unlike in litigation, where you can actually say the expertise of the judges. Certain cases also involve highly sensitive matters, like for instance, IP rights, trade secrets, commercial strategies, amongst others, that need to be confidentially treated, and, and arbitration affords parties this opportunity, unlike litigation where it is public. Parties may also streamline their proceedings. For instance, they can decide to use expedited procedures, that is fast-track procedures. Most of the expedited procedures are procedures that are provided mostly in institutional rules, like for instance, the Singapore International Arbitration Center, their rules provide for expedited procedures. Most most institutional rules provide for expedited procedures, and parties can also choose in their ad hoc proceedings to, to administer their dispute expedite, expeditedly. That is fast track. And most times, fast track, when a fast track dispute, usually for small claim disputes. Arbitral awards are also final and easily enforceable, and this is as a result of the New York Convention, that is, the United Nations Convention on the Recognition and Enforcement of Foreign Arbitral Awards. Also, at the, United, the New York Convention is, has been ratified, or let me say, above or more than 150 countries are signatories to the New York Convention. Also, we have ICSID Award, ICSID is International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes. And ICSID Awards are also very much enforceable among member states with respect to investor state disputes. According to Queen Mary University and White and Case Survey on International Arbitration, 97% of respondents indicated that international arbitration is their preferred method of dispute resolution, either on a standalone basis or in conjunction with ADR. I'll go to the question, what are nations doing towards becoming the leading jurisdictions of arbitration? Normally, nations are trying to adopt rules, regulations that favor arbitration. 
for them to be quite for them to be classified as arbitration friendly jurisdictions and also arbitration hubs. As the global disputation landscape evolves, countries are increasingly seeking ways to ensure they stand out as international dispute resolution hubs. I said that already. Like most states recognize that revenue can be gotten from most states recognize that revenue can be gotten from arbitration. Like either if the city if the jurisdiction is the system of arbitration, the if the jurisdiction is the system of arbitration, men they like men parties register awards because normally you register your awards in courts and certain fees are allocated to such registration. So tax will be paid on that particular award registered. Also institutional arbitration, institutional fees, arbitrators fee. So like when parties pay institutional fees and arbitrators fee, taxes are also also cutting from those fees. That I say revenue can be allocated or cutting from arbitration. Also, apart from this, we also look at investments. Why the parties and what are the key features or what are the key things investors look at in a jurisdiction that make them invest in a particular jurisdiction? One of the major things investors look investors look at is the the ability of that particular state or they look at the fact that that particular, that particular, that particular state recognizes the fact that litigation is not, the, is not the only method of dispute resolution. And most commercial or many commercial disputes can be resolved via other methods of dispute resolution, like arbitration. The Queen Mary University and White and Case Survey also had findings that reveals that the five most preferred seats of arbitration are London, Paris, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Geneva. Why, why do parties prefer certain seats than other seats? One, parties prefer other, certain seats than other seats because of the general reputation and recognition of such seats. Also, the user's perception of that particular jurisdiction's formal legal infrastructure. And in terms of the formal legal infrastructure, we can divide into three the neutrality and impartiality of its legal system, the national arbitration law, and its track record in enforcing arbitration agreements and arbitral awards. The UK All Parliamentary Report in, made a survey on Singapore because, you know, London, like I'm saying UK generally, is the major center for, like it's the first leading arbitration hub in the world. So they had to make a, to make a survey on Singapore because Singapore was the first, is the first growing, like going fast in arbitration. Like within just like 10 years or a decade, Singapore became among the leading arbitration hubs in the world. So the UK or parliamentary, or the UK went, went to Singapore to make certain findings on why Singapore has grown so fast. And it realized that the government of Singapore had a lot to do in respect to this arbitration. Like for instance, the governments allocate funds for arbitration. They create laws. They create laws that are necessary or that are arbitration friendly. Apart from creating laws that are arbitration friendly, the government also makes sure that every of its objectives in respect to arbitration have been enforced. They also provide agencies, agencies in respect to arbitration that makes that make sure that certain arbitration agreements or rather disputes that's supposed to, that commercial disputes go to arbitration first instead of litigation. Even the Chief Justice of the Chief, Chief Justice of Singapore in the 1990s made a comprehensive modernization, comprehensive modernization process to integrate arbitration with the court system. And 
the state court now encourage arbitration in in commercial transactions instead of litigation. That they encourage parties that instead of going to litigation, arbitration should be your first option. Like where they do in multi-tier dispute resolution clauses. I don't know if we all know what multi-tier dispute resolution clauses is, but let me just move forward. I'll okay now I'll be asking a question before I just believe before I talk I just discuss a more of an overview of what I've discussed so far. Is Nigeria playing the Nigeria playing the catch or we're being left out? Nigeria has like looking at Nigerian legal system, we've tried to play the catch. In, we've tried to play the catch by modeling our arbitration and conciliation acts. You know, normally arbitration, our arbitration and conciliation act is a federal law that governs arbitration in Nigeria, and it's modeled after the unsitual model law, I think 1988 thereabouts, or 1958. I can't be so sure that yet. But modeled after the outdated unsitual model law. So Nigeria tried playing the catch in modeling our arbitration and conciliation act under the after the unsitual model law. Also, Nigeria has ratified the has ratified the New York Convention. As I said, the New York Convention is the United Nations Convention on the the recognition and enforcement of foreign arbitral awards. Furthermore, the Chief Justice in 2017 made a declaration to all national courts that made education to all to all national courts that the courts should stay jurisdictions or it should stay proceedings in favor of arbitration where there is already an arbitration agreement. So the parties, the, the court has to take arbitration as very important that if parties raise up the issue of arbitration, they will stay proceeding and, and determine whether there are arbitration agreements, not just continue. So these are the steps that Nigeria has tried to take to become arbitration-friendly jurisdiction. However, the world has Evolved, the world has gone past the level of or the realm of stating that you're an arbitration friendly jurisdiction to the realm of being an arbitration or being a recognized international arbitration hub. The thing is, unlike Singapore, and I keep using UK and Singapore as examples because they are leading, they are the top three, one of the top three leading institutions, nations in the world or jurisdictions in the world for arbitration. Unlike UK and Singapore, that's made deliberate steps towards recognizing to that major deliberate steps or that enacted deliberate policies towards being recognized as major major arbitration hubs. Nigeria is being left behind because they have been left behind because they built to repeal or let me say amend the Arbitration and Conciliation Act, which is which is outdated, has been before the House of Assembly for over a decade now. Like, like the, currently is tagged the Arbitration and Mediation Bill. And this bill contains several provisions, like, because the bill was actually kind of, it modeled after the recent section 206 constitutional model law, and also contains recent developments, recent trends in the field of arbitration. But Nigeria has kind of removed, has put a blind eyes to that particular bill. But that's that, and I'm still going back to that. Okay, I need to em emphasize on the aspect of the bill that will really change the landscape of arbitration in Nigeria. Furthermore, unlike Nigeria counterparts, I'm talking about Malaysia and, and Egypt, 
unlike the Nigerian counterparts in Malaysia and Egypt, that has Okay, unlike Nigeria counterparts in Nigeria and Egypt, Nigeria has failed to recognize its only internationally or internationally recognized institution for commercial and investment arbitration. That is the regional center for international commercial arbitration in Lagos. Not in Lagos, Lagos. The, the regional center for international commercial arbitration, Lagos, and the Cairo regional and the Cairo Regional Center for International Commercial and the Cairo Center for International Commercial Arbitration, also the Asian International Commercial Arbitration Center, were all established at the same time, I think 1979, if I'm so sure, by the Asian African Legal Consultative Organization. And they all have the same ranking with ICSID, you know, it's an International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes. But unlike Malaysia and Egypt that has constantly promoted this, these institutions, making them one of the leading arbitration institutions. Nigeria has so totally neglected the regional center for settlement of the regional center for international commercial arbitration that has become dumb that so many of us, so many people don't know about it. Rather, we prefer taking our disputes, we prefer taking our disputes outside the country. We've been taking up disputes abroad for settlements, like we see the case of PNID. Funny thing about PNID is that everything about PNID, everything about PNID was centered in Nigeria. The the contract was done in Nigeria. The the gas that was supposed to be brought in for the particular project was to be sourced from Nigeria. The money used to fund the project was in Nigeria. But why didn't Nigeria have to take this? Why didn't we have to take our dispute resolution to London? There was no connection at all to London. But we had to take dispute resolution to London. And like I said, we had no connection with it. And this is a particular measure that would have used to increase or make our own institution more recognized. Because what makes institutions recognized? Insurance get recognized by the number of cases they do, the number of cases they do. Like recently, recently they report on Singapore that Singapore, one of the things that make, that make people say this is better than the other is the number of cases they're able to do each year. Even if you see the recent record of Singapore, they actually analyzed the number of cases that Singapore, that the Sing Singapore has done as addressed as above the previous year. But and this, these measures, as I said about Singaporean governments, these measures are things, are measures that the government has to, has to contribute in. We have to make sure that our disputes are resolved in our country. Because you can't claim that you're an arbitration-friendly jurisdiction when you keep taking your, your disputes abroad to settle. So how then do foreigners believe that you're an arbitration-friendly jurisdiction? The, also, as I said, institutions like the, the among the two among the three top universities, uh, sorry, the three top institutions in the world, we have the London, we have the London Chamber of International Arbitration and the Singapore International Arbitration Center. Third, I think London is first. These institutions have the backings of the governments. They have government backings. Like if you see the 
this act in Singapore, they have they have they have two legislations that govern arbitration. They have the IAA, that's International Arbitration Arbitration Act, and the Arbitration Act, which govern like they both govern they both govern commercial investments disputes. The Arbitration Act governs domestic disputes, while the IAA, the International Arbitration Act, governs international disputes. This, 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 this laws, these legislations, make the SISC, that is Singapore International Arbitration Center, they make it a default center to resolve disputes in Singapore. Like for instance, parties have, the parties fail to, parties fail to state or to mention the institution that will govern disputes in that particular jurisdiction, they refer them to SISC. That is that like these are laws that promote institutions. And when your institution is promoted, your country is also promoted. So apart from institutional apart from the issues that you're having institutionally, apart from issues you're having in laws, our court system is also really slow. Like investment in the enforcement of arbitral awards. The court system is very very slow and it can frustrate the whole it can frustrate the whole award, the enforcement, the recognition. I know that normally when you want to enforce awards, you come to this the city arbitration and you try enforcing it. Other person may come and say wants to set aside the award. So normally when in Nigeria we have a very slow court system. These awards end up just being kept in a particular place and being frustrated. And the issue of arbitration, like, no, normally one of the things arbitration has come to resolve, one of the benefits of arbitration because it's fast. It ends up still going back to the courts, Nigerian courts, and being prolonged there. So I would like to just pause here and I will make reference back to the arbitration and mediation bill, one of the personal benefits of arbitration and mediation bill, that make you know that Nigeria has a lot to gain if this bill is enacted. So, I thought, so the question now is, that I, asked, that I asked from the beginning of this particular session is, is Nigeria playing the catch or we are being left out? So I think, I think we're going to ask that question during the question and answer and probably we all address it. So with respect to the arbitration and mediation bill, the arbitration and mediation bill makes provisions for so many, so many trends. That's included so many things in it. And one of the unique features, okay, some of the features in the Arbitration Mediation Bill, we have the provision for third party funding. You know, Nigeria, Nigeria is a common law, like we drive from common law jurisdiction, and we still have some of their laws. Like, normally, in common law jurisdictions, the principle of third party funding is illegal. But the, and the Abstinian Constitution Act also didn't say anything about third-party funding. But the Abitur Mediation Bill made provision for third-party funding and actually it's eradicated or which was should I it's abolished the principle of champ party and maintenance. That, that those are the principles that make third-party funding illegal. And it, it incorporated third-party funding. Also apart from third-party funding we have the we have emergency arbitrators interim reliefs. We have the fact that we the the bill also make provision that that it also make provision that awards gotten by emergency arbitrators or interim reliefs should be enforced in the courts, no matter the jurisdiction it comes from, as if it is a normal as if it's a jurisdiction, as if it's a an award or as if it's a decision of the Supreme Court of Nigeria. 
So that's how that's what the apps provides. Apart from that, we also have okay the main the main the main left to me. I feel the main the main provision in the abstract mediation bill or the main change the main abstract mediation bill provide for provided for is for an award review tribunal. The award review tribunal that initiative was gotten from ICSID. You know normally ICSID awards are not usually you don't sell an ICSID award. If someone has a challenge to an ICSID award, you don't take it to the court normally. You first take it to like an award review tribunal that ICSID no, you first take it to the name ICSID calls it, but it's kind of like an award review tribunal, a normed committee. You first take it to an annulment committee, and the annulment committee check they check the award. After checking the award, they determine whether such award should be enforced or should be set aside. So after they make a set decision, the grounds upon which such decisions will be will be set aside by the court is only on like according to the Nigerian law now on award review tribunal, it's only on arbitrability and public policy. That's the provision made by the award made by the official mediation bill concerning the award review tribunal. The award review tribunal is they have it, they are also created by they are created by the parties and they contain the same number of I'm going to details in award review tribunal. They contain the same number of arbitrators that same number of arbitrators that first handled the formal disputes. They are chosen by the parties. They review the previous awards and determine whether this award should be set aside or it should be enforced. And the only grounds upon which such challenge can be granted by the court is on the basis of the basis of arbitrability and public policy. So, looking at all this that I've discussed, the question now boils down to that: What's Nigeria's stance on what Nigerian stance? On or in the growing popularity of arbitration, is Nigeria playing the catch or we are being left out? Thank you. <laughs> Questions and I asked a question question today to the floor. Is Nigeria playing the catch? Is Nigeria playing the catch or we are being left out? I'll play the catch or we are being left out in the growing popularity of arbitration. I think I explained it broadly. Yeah,
think we are we are being cast for the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel like I had I had post in meeting research and uh, arbitration recently, like uh, whether or not people should decline jurisdiction, whether or not people should decline jurisdiction when there's an arbitration clause, the other party is unwilling. And I, I saw a lot of authorities by court of superior court saying that the court, aside, aside from the saying that the court should stay with him, it's also said that the court has duty to decline jurisdiction. Do you understand? For me, and this, this is not a very destructive and everything, because I asked, I had posts to review them at all. And I realized that our courts are to really well in the world. And of course, I'm very familiar with Lagos State High Court. And I know that Lagos State High Court is a really issues um, practice direction. And yeah. in this recent reaction protocol, and it, as it is a condition of precedence, before you come to Lagos State High Court, you must have ex your exhausted alternative remedy, or else the court will strike out with uh, decline jurisdiction. And you will not be able to because we will have the appeal. Of course, the matter is still like the appeal now. Because the appeal has not given a, a stance on this and said that okay, well, yes, that that we can do because the, there is still an issue of law or of whether or not a, a, a rule a rule of court can make the court decline the decision since it was not declared by this to any other So I think we are we are paying cash. We are paying we are, we are growing, but it's very slow. So the fact that we are growing very slow. It's more like we are just at the middle. We are, we are not. We are, we are not moving as as we should. So I think that 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 that's actually the big yeah. And of course, the cost of arbitration. I think our the cost of let me go to this position. Uh, alternative this week, generally. The cost of this like due to the due to the pro, the, the problem that we have, the economic econ economic issues that we have in Nigeria and everything. People that should actually exhaust that should exhaust our alternative distribution. Okay, like. So we are, we are now having the rise of techpreneurs, we are having uh, SMEs and everything. These guys should actually, um, if, if, if the government could probably create institutions where these persons, okay, I know they just stay for the particular courts, but create more of those things where, where these guys can come in to resolve their issues. They are probably lawyers, who should like these areas of resolving small, small disputes, no matter how small it is. So these guys can come in. For, for, for someone to um, get an, um, an expert in the application and everything, before the money and everything, so you don't really want to use it before you, that's why people want to go to, go to the courts. All of the, those things are things that are actually holding the will of our um, our environment. Okay, so one will say something, I realize something. Uh, he said something about the state, and then he told me that I just realized that we are talking about Nigeria now. And the fact that we are talking about arbitration is as easily because they can't do arbitration. With the exception of this small small state, I'm just trying not to let me see 60% of one people's state to me. That's even if it's up to like waterfalls, abuja, they are just trying to But then it's really sad that it's as if out of the six states, the smallest states, I don't know, it's just like the states that are just more concerned. And the entire attention they are giving to it is not even up to 50% of what is required internationally. So it's really bad that even other states, um, uh, House of Assembly, are not even making any move. Because I believe this uh, sorry, uh, making of laws on this is not only on the exclusive list. That I believe it extends to the concurrent list too. That means the state house laws can make, sorry, state house yeah. of assemblies can make laws they have, on this. They have but I don't think they are making enough. <laughs> okay, enough. They are not making enough, making normal steps is not enough. Compared to what we are seeing now, we are talking about competitive international standards. Of course, 
Nigeria have gone to an extent in Africa that we can say it's better. But then I believe as Nigeria, which we can't be comparing ourselves to Uganda, Ghana, and so we should be able to do something better, and even far from what Africa should be expecting. So I think we should not just give Nigeria the ability that Lagos is trying to do it. That's not enough. And the bill, I don't know why you think they Concerning what you said, Adele, you made mention of the fact that the Lagos they declined to restriction. I mean, I kind of made I kind of made reference to that when I said the, the Chief Justice of Nigeria gave a directive to all to all lower courts that they should decline their jurisdictions in favor of arbitration rather than arbitration agreements. But what I came, apart from, yes, we know that these are measures that Nigeria has put to, these are measures that Nigeria has put, <laughs> these are measures that Nigeria has put towards being arbitration friendly or showing the world that they're arbitration friendly. But the question I was asking, like, the thing is, We've moved past the realm of stating we are arbitration friendly. Now, are we are we arbitration hubs? Are we accommodating arbitration in our jurisdiction? Are we bringing arbitration to our jurisdiction? You know, as mention of revenue, like the derivation of revenue, I'm thinking one of the methods that people could, that the state can derive revenue. A state should be recognized as a major arbitration hub when many disputes are dissolved in that state. Or the state is actually a state of arbitration for many, for many disputes. So, yes, I know that our courts are there, they are trying, although the, same, the, the issue of the system is slow, they are trying to decline jurisdiction in that respect. But apart from that, what's the government doing to was like actually the bill? Like, how can an arbitration, like, why should the arbitration mediation bill still be before? And funny thing, it was not passed by the National Assembly. And yeah, it's part of the National Assembly. It's currently awaiting the concurrent of the House of Representatives and the assent of the President. So, why should the bill still be before? They've changed that bill several times. They've, they've amended it. They've changed. If you check the 2018, if you check the arbitration mediation bill 2018, there are slight changes to it in 2019. Actually, the Tribune may be one of 2020 now. Because, you know, the more the world evolves, new things, new trends come in the field. New, like, okay, for instance, in Singapore, we have the, like, SIC, they have, they have the early dismissal. I feel SIC is the first institution that introduced early dismissal. Like, even expedited procedures, they are, Several things, yeah. I know the no, the bill has nothing to do with the federal procedure, just institutional, it's institutional rule. But still, there are new developments in the field. The earlier we work, the better. The earlier we understand the fact that we need arbitration. But the earlier the government understands the fact that it needs arbitration for revenue generation, it's better for Nigeria. Arbitration is because even as I mentioned. Investment, one of the things investors look at. Invest, an investor not just comes to your states. Like, let me find that, okay, I don't know if we are aware of investor state disputes. We have the different remedies, we have the MNE, the, the most favored, we have most favored nation, uh, most favored nation, we have the, we have the civil remedies. 
we have expropriation, several remedies are attached to investor state disputes. But how many investors we use? Like, how many investors have the confidence to come to Nigeria where our dispute resolution system is not even strong? Where we don't even have, where we don't even recognize the fact that we don't even, we don't really value arbitration and recognize the fact that arbitration is a better method to, to resolve international, financial, or cross-border commercial transactions. We don't even recognize that fact. So how do we bring investors?